The following interview originally aired on the Monday Point. You can listen to The Point each weekday at 9 a.m. in Central Oregon on KPLV Radio, 88.9 FM, and from anywhere at kplv.org, The Point. Hi, Jerry. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, Jerry, Sarah, you are a, a person who has a lot to say and a lot of knowledge about good nutrition and good health and, and how people can take good care of themselves. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your degree that you have and the background that you've worked in with all of this good information. Sure, I have a bachelor's in nutrition from Oregon State. And then I went on to do an internship at OHSU in Portland to become a dietitian. And I've always been holistically oriented. My mother was teaching me yoga and feeding me acidophilus that she made at home when I was just little. And so once I got through school, I did take a a sort of a mainstream track in the beginning. But then I actually I was fired from a prestigious clinic in Seattle for suggesting that one of my patients had overgrowth of yeast, candidiasis, and this very conservative clinic just thought that was outrageous. So they fired me. And that day I realized, no, I need to, I need to really go in another direction. So I, I went to the local natural foods grocery and put up a, a card and a little sign and launched my private practice. <laughs> so, Oh, wow. And yeah. so how many years have you been practicing privately and teaching at, at colleges and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, I've been in private practice, gosh, probably 30, 35 years. I haven't sat down to count recently, but I've done a lot of other things at the same time. I've worked in public health departments. I've worked in nursing homes. I've worked in in hospitals a little bit. And for 14 years, I was at a holistic health clinic, an integrative medical clinic in Spokane, Washington. So I kept myself in both worlds, my private practice and out there in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. How long have you been in Bend? I've been here now for 11 years. Okay. So you've had a chance to establish yourself here and a chance to spread the word of what you know of good, good health and good nutrition. Oh yeah. I love to, I love to share it because there's so many people with health problems that, you know, we have in many ways, we have a good medical system, but in many ways it's not meeting the needs of, of people, especially regarding certain diagnoses that aren't being handled very well. Yes. And there, there are a lot of things that are becoming more and more prevalent in our society. And, and I guess in other parts of the world now too, because of, of our diet and, and our lifestyles. And so being able to get access to the kind of information that's going to help people get well is pretty important. And doctors generally seem to be spread so thin that they have a certain amount of time they can work with somebody and it's not time for questions and real deep conversations. That's such a great way of putting it because I do have a lot of compassion for the doctors. They are overloaded. The system is, I think, makes them victims as much as the patients. And and now with the internet, people are really in search of their own information a lot of the time too. Ah, yes. And so do you have contact with people through, through the internet too, where you, you have meetings like, like we're doing online with, uh, with our interview? I haven't been doing that. I do have a website, but I haven't been doing classes online. All of my COCC continuing ed classes are in person. Oh, okay. So even with the COVID 
mess that we're in right now, you still have been having those in person with with the people or online, not or, or <coughs> yeah. online through the community Excuse college me. too, right? Um, we were doing classes online for a while, but now we have the classroom set up for spacing and we wear masks. Oh, all right. Good. Well, yeah, it's people really are interested in and in having a little bit closer contact than you can really have online. I hear that constantly yeah. over and over that people really want to to have have a sense of of really being able to see and work with the person in person. You have a class that's coming up on the 24th, 25th, 25th. Mm-hmm. the 25th. Okay. That's a Tuesday. Yes. Okay. And tell us about that. Well, that's lasting relief from GERD, also known as heartburn. The GERD stands for gastroesophageal reflux disease. And I mentioned before that some diagnoses are not being handled very well. And this is one of them. We are giving people medication to suppress their hydrochloric acid and Hydrochloric acid is such an important substance for good digestion and for bone health and a whole bunch of things. And so the medications do suppress the symptoms on a day-to-day basis, but so many people who have GERD can tell you that if they go off of their medication, even the very next day, they're back where they started. So it's not really getting to the root of the problem. And an awful lot of cases of of reflux. By the way, you can have reflux and not have any burning at all because some people are so low in hydrochloric acid that they don't actually have burning. They just have a sort of a seepage up the up into the lower esophagus, which can actually cause a type of cancer. So that's yes, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so anyway, One of the common causes of this reflux is a distortion of the little sphincter that is at the base of the esophagus. So there's a little sphincter there that's supposed to keep your food going down into the stomach, but not coming back up into the esophagus, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, that sphincter can become distorted. It can be pushed out of place from a fall or being hit in the stomach, or Mm -hmm. it can become weakened from eating foods that you're allergic to. There's a whole list of things that can cause that sphincter to become distorted and start to leak. And the surprising number of people with GERD can actually have that sphincter manipulated, manually manipulated. This is something that physical therapists can be taught to come back into position and work properly again. So that's one remedy that would keep somebody from having to use a medication. Wow. That's, that sounds pretty, pretty easy to to do. If you can find a a physical therapist that can do it and they can figure out what exactly to do. That's, that's a pretty nice way to solve that. Well, I know one in particular here in, in Bend. So if anybody, you know, is interested in that, just give me a call, go to my website. I'm happy to talk with people free of charge and get them to the right person. Yes. 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 The, the most startling thing about the cause of GERD, and this is hard for people to understand right in the beginning, but the most common cause of it, believe it or not, is low stomach acid. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to accept when, in fact, so many people with GERD have burning up in their throat, right? Mm-hmm. But as we age, 
our production of hydrochloric acid goes down. And usually by our 60s, it's, it's significant. And it can start well before that. Well, as your production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach goes down, your digestion weakens. You don't break down your food as well. And several things happen as a result of that. One of them is that the food stays in the stomach longer. It sits there, it ferments, it, it bubbles and <laughs> bubbles and broils. <laughs> yeah. And it causes a chemistry in the stomach that is not normal, that is not supposed to be happening there. And it's inflammatory to the tissues, including that sphincter. And so the lower that gets, the lower the hydrochloric acid level gets, the more likely a person can develop this regurgitation phenomenon. And, and so, of course, when you take a, a medication for GERD that suppresses hydrochloric acid, you're really just promoting the problem. And I have seen people, not everyone, there, there, there are different roads to take for different people, but I've seen a significant number of people get over their GERD, their heartburn, just by taking hydrochloric acid in pill form. And, and again, it sounds counterintuitive until you understand how digestion works, that you need that hydrochloric acid for things to happen normally in the stomach. The other thing that happens when your food sits in there a long time is a lot of gas is produced. And that mm -hmm. pressure of that gas going, moving up and pressing on that sphincter can lead to distortion, again, of the sphincter and leakage of that sphincter. So people with GERD probably suffer a lot more at night when they're lying down and there's a, a risk of, of the stomach contents kind of washing back with the, the sphincter not working well. Is that? That is true. That really yeah. is. And I know people who have to do a, a, a food cutoff by five o'clock or 5.30 or maybe six in order to be sure that their stomach is fully empty by the time they go to bed so that they minimize that problem. Yeah. I, I think too, that it's probably better not to eat late during the day anyway, so that your, your digestive system can be finished and your body can be more relaxed to, to be able to sleep at night if you don't eat late either. That's often true. An exception to that would be someone who has low blood sugar issues and oh yeah they often will actually sleep better if they have not too much food but just a little, a little bit of starch and a little bit of, of protein and they'll sleep more soundly through the night yeah but but generally what you're saying is is very true what about people who like a lot of us are every once in a while gets heartburn or GERD what could be the cause of that when it's just a, a very unusual thing that that happens, but it can be just as uncomfortable as for a person who suffers it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are several things. Sometimes it's a combination of foods that we eat. Some people, not everyone, but some people are sensitive to eating, for example, fruit with other foods. You may have heard of the of food combining rules. And this comes out of Ayurvedic medicine in India. They really, it really should be called food non-combining rules. But anyway, it's about <laughs> what foods don't do very well in digestion when they're combined with other foods. And a common one is fruit, eating fruit with vegetables, eating fruit with meats, eating fruit with starches. They're, they're often best eaten alone for some people. This doesn't apply to everyone. But for those people that don't digest very well, 
fruit with other foods, they may not realize it. Like maybe they've eaten a Waldorf salad with apples and lettuce and so on. And, and, and so again, things aren't breaking down as nicely as they should or as quickly as they should. Things stay in the stomach, it produces gas that presses upward, and you can have that, that heartburn that you don't normally have. So it is sort of a random thing. Most people who have that, it happens maybe two or three times a year, you know, and, 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 and they're okay. But if it's happening, you know, two or three times a month, that's, you probably have some, some weakening in that sphincter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, no matter what your food combinations are, you might be having a problem. Maybe you've eaten a little bit more than your tummy can handle. Maybe you've eaten tomato sauce and that turns out to be something that doesn't agree with you, especially. And these are the kind of things that that you talk about in the class that's coming up uh, in a week, a little bit bit over a week about food combinations or food non-combinations and and what causes it. And and I think you mentioned something about taking hydrochloric acid tablets. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you're discussing that in your class, you give people several different options about how to approach it and what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, what to do with the hydrochloric acid, you mean? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I always advise starting with a low dose, working your way up. I have a whole handout on that because it is something that there's a small percentage of people that when they take it, it's going to disagree with them. Maybe they have a little bit of inflammation mm-hmm. in the stomach or they have an ulcer and they don't know it. Or uh-huh. So I, mean, I sort of lay out a, a very careful beginning plan. If, you, if you're going to find out that, that hydrochloric acid supplement doesn't work for you, you want to find that out on a low dose, not a high dose. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of things you have to work your way into kind of slowly. Yeah. And taking it after the first few bites of food. And there's some little tips to doing it. But I find that most people actually do tolerate it. Yeah. And, and, and some, some nutritionists say that you should progress your hydrochloric acid clear up to the point where it becomes uncomfortable and then back off to a dose that you tolerate. I don't do that. I think some people tolerate a really high dose and they don't need that much. You don't want to spend uh-huh. on supplements that you don't need. So, yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. Your class that's coming up on the 25th, it's going to run from 1030 in, in the morning until noon at the college. So there's probably time for instruction as well as question and answers, that sort of thing. Yes, how definitely. Do you, how do you structure that? I do a slide presentation and, you know, talking information lecture with, with invitation to the students to raise their hands at any time and ask questions. And toward the end, we have more time for questions. And then sometimes students come up afterwards and talk to me. But I'm, I'm very open to, I, I like to have questions from students, absolutely. Well, yes, and, and having people ask those might answer it for several people at one time. Oh, yes. And, and, and people share and help each other at times. That's great, too. Sure. And then you have contact with your students afterwards to send them information if, if there's something that they can. Um, the, you, you actually mail, email things to the students. so that I often do. Uh Yes, excuse me. Yes, I often do. I'll send out handouts. And sometimes they're asking me a question that I don't have a full answer to, and I want to look into it more. And then I'll do that and send an email out to everyone in the class with more information about that. 
So yeah, and I and I always give people my phone number. Again, you know, once you've been a student of mine, you can call anytime with questions. I don't charge for that. Sure. And you you spoke about a web page. What is your web page address? It is Nutrition Speak. Nutrition S P E A K Speak dot com. All right. So there's probably a lot of other topics, too, then that people can look at once they go on there and, and get some ideas about about being able to find solutions for as well as the one that you're going to talk about on the 25th. Yes, I'm gradually building up my list of handouts, so to speak, on a whole variety of topics. And yes, really like to share information that people can use to help themselves. Right. Yes. Well, that is great. And then also, like, as you mentioned earlier in our interview about knowing physical therapists and that sort of thing. So I'm sure that there are other things that you can refer the people to. Also, are there medical doctors in, in and around Central Oregon, Ben, particularly, that you you know, I'm not going to ask you to name any names, but are there medical doctors that like naturopaths or whatever that you have worked with or know well enough? Yeah, to- I don't, I'm sort of careful about recommending a particular doctor or naturopath because what I really do is I'll give somebody a list of names and encourage them to call around and ask questions. Ah, good. Yes, because the, the right person is not, you know, it's not always the right person for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. You bet. Yeah. So you also have a have a resource there that you're willing to share with them. So. Definitely. Yes. All right. Jerry, are you interested in sharing your phone number right now so we can put that out there and people sure. can ask questions even preemptively to taking any classes or sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. And this is a landline. It's 541-330-8992. Wonderful. Jerry, Sarah, it is great to be able to talk with you again. It's been a few years since we've, we've talked on my show, and I'm glad to be able to highlight this. And we'll talk again soon, too, about a class coming up in February as well. So thanks for spending the time with me today. Thank you for having me, Carolyn. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.